Yeah, direct misfire, aiming up hits Bend some spoon and sell liquor in the mix Follow along, stay up to date Comment, like, subscribe today Hello champs, and welcome once again to another Direct Misfire Missive. Joining me today, as always, is Selic. Hey, hey. As well as Hugh. Howdy. And special guest, Mr. Mastercrafted himself, Kyle Pretzel. What's going on? <laughs> as you spill the beans on more third edition news. So pull up a seat, grab a drink, and let's get into it. But before we get into all that juicy, juicy gossip... We need to add on to our cloud giant army that we're building. So the results of the listener poll, what did we have? The Riders of the Storm took it last time. Mm, 53% mm. Riders of the Storm. So it was a late charge by the giant Jai the Ant, but uh, eventually the Riders of the Storm, 53%. Thanks for everyone that sort of went on to the Facebook to vote. Poor giant giant It's hard to tell you guys, nostalgia is greater than puns. Okay, so... Let's get into some monsters. We need to add some monsters because the giants don't have enough monsters, even though they're all giants. So what we've got is a titan. So this is the giant of giants. This is bigger than the colossal, so you can sell that one, Mantic. Um, it has similar stats to the colossal, but it's got a couple of changes, so it's not too OP. So because this guy's so large, he has trouble hitting small units. So whenever he's trying to hit a troop of infantry, he's at neg one to hit. But because he's so big, he's plus one to hit other titan class units. He also has quite a bit of heft, so this is can be felt whenever he's walking about and you can feel him coming across town. So when any unit without Strider that is within three inches of the Titan when it starts or ends its move becomes hindered and disordered. And disordered. Hindered and disordered. Because mm, of all the shaky ground as he's clomping about. So that's the mm. first one, that's Titan. Next, we have the Sky Serpent. It's something that lives in the clouds, I don't know. So it's a flying monster with mid-range stats, but he's shrouded in fog, so it's stealthy and also spits lightning, and that's in the form of a five-dice lightning attack. It also has the option to, when it wins a round of combat, to wrap itself around the enemy unit and hold it in place and disallowing the disengage action, which will be introduced in the third edition. Mm. The last one, we've got the Great Eye. So as the names might suggest, this is a floating eyeball wrapped in a storm cloud. It's pretty terrifying to behold, so it causes dread. It's also not very fast, so it shambles and flies because it's essentially an eyeball in a cloud. Uh, speed of six, it's got a breath attack, and it can also be affected by the giant's big breath special rule. And it's also got a one-use only self-cast teleport spell, a blink if you will, because mm. or maybe it's a, a wink because it's only a single level. <laughs> uh, so that allows him to move to any position within 12 inch. Mm. Okay. So they're the choices. The Titan, the Sky Serpent, and the Great Eye. Kyle, seeing as you're our guest, how about you make the first vote? What would you like to see in this Cloud Giant army? Oh, man. I'm a fan of that, uh, that blinker teleport that you got on there for sure. The Great Eye? Yeah. That's, mm. uh, that's kind of terrifying personally. <laughs> Could be an interesting little modeling opportunity as well, I imagine. Big yeah. big sucker of an eyeball. Get it some nice free hand on there. Halloween eyeball in some cotton wool. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody knows me, I like the creepy stuff. <laughs> Selick, what do you reckon? Well, it's either the great eye and I also like the sky serpent. So I think just to disagree with Kyle, I'm going to go to the sky serpent. I like that it's... Uh, Going to sit back and sort of have a bit of lightning attacks as well, which I don't think we've got too much in this Cloud Giant army at the moment. Mm -hmm. mm, no, incorrect. The um, 
the the large ratkin friend who is easily the best figure going around, he already flaps around shooting lightning, so we don't need another one of them. Your demon spawn, right? We need an even more giant giant. Mm-hmm. So I like the whole rules you did with him. I like how you're incorporating some of this third edition business as well. Just Ooh. from a few, it's like you're looking for a job. You know, Kyle can't give you a job. <laughs> in that, you, know? <laughs> you missed your opportunity. Yeah, I know, Should have asked Ronnie. Fucking wish. <laughs> Yeah, give me the big giant. Lay, lay some big, big, big giant meat on me. Well, great. So we've got one vote for each of the things. That doesn't help me at all. Okay, so uh, I didn't really feel it with the Sky Serpent because I just kind of thought that up on the fly. And I've been thinking about the Titan for a while, so I'm going to go with the Titan. Good job, you. <laughs> I think that's like four in a row now, Hugh. I always win, man. It's mm. <laughs> how Rat can roll. All right, I gotta remember that for the next one. Okay, so we'll leave the Sky Serpent and Great Eye as the other options for the listeners to see if they, which they prefer to join the army. That's it. I don't think we'll be introducing any more monsters other than that because can't get too many. But two should be fine. Mm. Yeah, that'll do. So, well, what are we doing here? What, what were we talking about before? Well, uh, I'm sure it's not important. Uh, okay. All right. So we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> no, less less fictional third edition stuff. I want some real gossip. Ah, oh, that's right. Real gossip. Uh, well, we haven't. Uh, we've managed to renegotiate with Kyle to get his kids taken to school a little earlier. I think it was. But eventually, we got the U.S. trade sales executive at Mantic Games uh, to join us to talk a little bit about uh, what's coming up in the third edition. So, it's pretty exciting stuff on this side. I know that, Kyle, you've been releasing your little army sneak peeks over on Mastercrafted. Yeah, everything's planned at this point. I mean, it doesn't, you know, I'm the official leaker. A dubious title. Of Mantic (laughs) right now. Um so I get, I get kind of nervous about that role because it's like, when when do I say too much? When do I not say enough? And everyone's been kind of encouraging so far. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hitting it right in that right sort of middle ground where you're getting tidbits, but you're not getting everything. So it's been fun. Mm, so you're saying that it's going to be hard to, to get information out of you today. I'll give you some stuff. <laughs> you, I mean, you, you got to pump up the numbers on the podcast, right? Like that's <laughs> that's it. That's, that's all it's about. That's right. That's that's what pays the bills here at uh, Mantic Australia HQ. <laughs> <laughs> How's the excitement over there so far? That's my question. Is you know because I, I have a good pulse on the US, but uh, I don't hear quite so much what's going on over there. Yeah, so I would say that it's gone pretty well. So I think everyone's got into this certain stage where second edition is still very much pumping but as soon as third edition started to get closer and closer everyone gets paralyzed so they don't actually want to model anymore or they don't want to model too many things uh, purely because they're not sure if it's going to be there in the third and i'm hoping that our little conversation today will really help us out with that Sure. Indeed. You want to get your hobby buzz going again because um, I find that we're getting a lot of momentum here in Melbourne, at least, in Australia. And uh, Mm. the tournaments are growing bigger and bigger each time. Even our little one-dayers and stuff are pulling a decent little crowd. So um, while the scene's growing, it's a perfect time for the next edition to drop, provided it's good, of course. (laughs) Yes. The the danger is that um, we'll fizzle (laughs) just as we're starting to fly. But I think um, there's very little likelihood of that given what we've seen so far it's looking pretty cool but with all of this thing so rules is one side uh which is fine but uh some of the models of 
let's be honest, Mantic hasn't had the best models in the the entire gaming systems, I would say, across all of the different companies. However, over the last couple of months, they have been releasing some beautiful, beautiful models. I think everyone would agree. Yep. What awesome miniatures have you got coming up? Have you got any Chaos Dwarfs? I, I feel like you guys may have may have heard some things about the Abyssal Dwarfs Ooh, coming up. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we did a little bit of a teaser um, recently with with some of the models that are coming up in, in quarter one of next year. You know, essentially the rest of this year is going to be, we've got Hellboy here in September where the first expansion is going straight to retail is coming out. And then everything, you know, October, November, December is going to be Kings of War focused. So there will be releases in October, which is what we've seen so far. But then November's got a a whole set of um, releases as well. And it's essentially more of the Northern Alliance Army stuff that's going to be able to, like you can pick it up. It's not just in the, um, the Mega Army or Army kit. So if you want just additional... Uh, single kits like if you want just ice elementals you can pick them up for example after that in december there's a couple of things that we're looking at doing the armies of panathor is probably (laughs) the biggest that everyone's Mm. excited for Mm -hmm. so we actually kind of made the decision to stick with the name uncharted empires Mm -hmm. so it's going to be essentially uncharted empires the armies of panathor so it's it's developed a little bit bit of a brand and that's going to stick to what everything is so that that way everyone knows hey this is the same set of armies or at least similar because we did move some back and forth from the main book or otherwise Mm -hmm. and then quarter one is when a whole bunch of new abyssal dwarf things are coming out or chaos dwarves if you you know throw up in your mouth a little (laughs) when you say it (laughs) abyssal dwarves have got a release schedule set for essentially we're going to do the same thing that we have been doing with all the new releases so vanguard is going to get kits for abyssal dwarves first Mm -hmm. so that'll be the first teasers that you kind of get to see for them and there's a couple things in there that i think people are going to be pretty pleased with berserkers we'll we'll get there (laughs) (laughs) that's all i care about berserkers um so in in january in particular the vanguard stuff is going to be you know the regular warband set the regular booster set and then there's going to be some reinforcement packs the same thing that you're seeing with all the other lines right now the the bulk of that's going to be like the black souls um decimators you know that mm-hmm. kind of thing will probably be some slave orcs in there for the first time though we're going to be looking at uh some ratkin models that'll be a part of that ooh. as well so ooh, yeah. now you're speaking my so, language so where's one second that was ratkin in the abyssal dwarves yeah oh well, they, they are slaves surely yeah yes no 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 they're the masters <laughs> they're the true masters uh-huh you obviously don't read the, the the lore and the fluff, huh? No, I've mm. read that book, but I just chose to <laughs> redact it. I presume it'd be redacted in the third edition uh, rule book as well. <laughs> well, when you get your rule book, you can scribble it all out and write your own. Okay. So, Kyle, how do they sort of fit into the list? So, we've obviously got the lore, but how is Rat King going to be implemented? You see, no, no you're jumping ahead of me. We're, we're still talking <laughs> models right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's asking the important no. questions, but I, I do want to hear. <laughs> I do want to hear more about the models. So in this uh, in this release, we've got the Abyssal Dwarves and the Ratkin in um, as well as part of a booster pack. You said it, for, for for the Vanguard, Vanguard kit, yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. So it, the the best thing about it really is that you're just you're going to start to see that we're we're looking at new types of models that aren't out there already. Does that make sense? You know, like mm. it, mm-hmm. there's obviously nothing for Ratkin out there, so. Bit Excellent. by bit, berserkers are in. <laughs> Possibly later in the, in the quarter, somewhere in there. But if I say not. it enough, it'll happen. Yeah, 
after that Vanguard release, then, you know, we'll do what we've been doing and you'll see the Abyssal Dwarf stuff coming out with a new release mm-hmm. for a full army and mega army, you know, same sort of thing that, that we're doing. There's also a Hellfane coming out too. So that'll be kind of exciting to see. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. What's a Hellfane? Oh, I don't know. What is it? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> it's a thing. He's a wily um, one. <laughs> It, it is a part of the Abyssal Dwarf lines, I'll tell you that. Some of the names have changed, you know, too. So it, right. it, it's it's not quite the GW uh, genericification, if that's a word, you know, mm. of of names. But uh, we did kind of update some of the, na- the names on things. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one, like from the Night Stalkers, instead of it being Nightmares, they're now called uh, Soul Flayers. So mm. just to give you an example of, of slight name changes that... that are in the book here and there for for units. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you got a spicy wordsmith in to upgrade things like brutes and uh, claw shots and such to something a bit more unique and uh, flavorful. I think those guys are still actually the same. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that Ratkin was going to be the primary topic of conversation here. So <laughs> it, be. it always is. It always is. That's why they got me on the podcast. There wasn't enough Ratkin talk. The the armies of Panthor stuff like it's it's we're still working on it to get you know get it ironed out correctly. So mm-hmm. all those additional armies um, are getting tested separately. So we wanted to make sure that the stuff in the main book was was completely ready to go, and then now the other stuff is getting its final touches on it. So the rules committee's done a fantastic job so far on everything that they've been suggesting and helping us with. Uh, Matt Gilbert and Dave Simmons do pretty much all of the studio design work for King's War, and they've done a really nice job of balancing with the Rules rules Council and um, getting them kind of in a good place so that we know all the different representatives from all around the world that they can throw things together and get a unified decision process on what's in, what's out, what's changing, what's not. So I, a lot of people have been kind of timid about the fact that the armies in that second book aren't going to be good enough. And I, and I really think that they'll, they'll be happy with the, with the changes for sure. Hmm. Excellent. Okay. So we've talked about the Abyssal Dwarfs that are coming out. Uh, is there any sort of, if we don't, if we look past Q1, uh, what are the other armies that are going to be re- releasing new units or new kits? I'm not going to get in any further than that, unfortunately, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's a good six months from now. So. <laughs> scrub that question off my list yeah we're 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 playing with the idea of of something some things that are going to give us the opportunity to create conversion kits you know possibly if you look at you know the salamander bodies they could probably you know have some just extra little bits and bobs added to them to have other conversion kits you never know um now with the northern alliance you know clansmen we've got some pretty legit human models that could be applied to other things too just with you know tiny conversions so I think that that's a, a decent approach to kind of get, you know, more variety with models out of things. And then we could also, even if we sold them as, as you know, upgrade packs or conversion kits, like I, th- I think that there's some potential there. So that's that's still kind of in the development and guessing process at this time. But that's that's my guess. You know what I mean? I'm not in the studio. I can't make those decisions. But that's uh, that's my guess. That's what I would like to see in sales for sure. So <laughs> hopefully it goes out that way. Yeah, it sounds like a great idea. I mean, everyone loves a good old fashioned upgrade and conversion kit. You don't uh, you don't get many good ones out there on the on the market these days from a lot of a lot of different model producers. So we're always happy yeah, to true. see them. These these Northmen look uh, just oh, they're damn sexy. I mean, they're they platonically are. attractive to me. Those figures, <laughs> love them. Whoa! Do you need a minute there, Hugh? Are you good? No, I'm good. I'm good. We can you can cut out the uh, the fapping noises in the background if you like, <laughs> or I can put them in. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't put them in. Don't put them in. 
No, they're fantastic figures for sure. Um, so, armies of Panathor, am I allowed to ask a non-miniature-related question that isn't even Ratkin-related? There's not a whole lot that I could answer with it, but you can give a shot. Okay, I just want to know, is you're calling it Uncharted Empires, armies of Panathor. Where is Panathor as in, a, in the fictional universe? Is it sort of a separate continent of some description, or is it, is it a specific place, or is it some, some other term? some blanket term used for the different uncharted empires. So Panathor is just an expanded view on what we knew as Mantica. Mantica is, you know, a smaller portion of the map. And there's there's a lovely, you know, full page spread of the map in, in the rule book right towards the start where you can sort of open it up and see how things have expanded. There's there's the old world and then there's the newer world. And, and the setting is supposedly changed, you know, about 10 years down the road from uh, where we left it in second edition after all the supplements and different expansions. So there's quite a bit of expanded um, worldviews. And if you've been paying attention to the Kings of War Fanatics cover photo, Matt Gilbert has been updating the photo with a bunch of different um, maps. So it, the world is stretched, but it's nowhere near complete where it was, you know, in that giant map from the uh, Elven libraries, if you've seen that picture before. So it's mm. it's stretching, but it's it's not anywhere near completely expanded on yet. Interesting. So every hard copy, a hardcover copy of the rule book includes this big map. Well, the, the map is just in the book. It's not a, you know, pull out or anything like that. There, there is a map that you can get, um, you know, nice poster material. I think it's like 32 inches or something like that. It's that A2 material where you could put it on your wall or whatever, and it's got the full map, you know, blown up. And, and I think that looks really nice. Oh, I think we should get one of those, lads, even just to have on the table so that we can, you know, stand around it, candle lit and put out like weed <laughs> things to show where Army's going to go and all that jazz. <laughs> now, luckily, I've got one on pre-order, Hugh, so we're all good. Ah, excellent. All right, so with the Armies of Panathor, I think off-air you said that it was about seven weeks from the time of this recording through to when it's going to be hitting the print, Uh, and I do believe it was mentioned earlier this week that it was the 2nd of December uh, that it will be out. Is that roughly right? That's where I think that we're aiming for it. You know, you never know what's going to come up and could possibly, you know, change that date or slow it down, but that's the aim right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that something that a lot of people... um, need to realize too is that you know when we say the second of december if we say the the 21st of october a lot of times what that means is that's when things are going to get released you know from the warehouse or into the wild i've had a ton of conversations with with ronnie to say hey we really need to make sure that people know when they can walk into their game stores and pick this up Mm. um if we tell them the 21st, they're going to expect they can walk in there and pick it up on the 21st. And and so he was, he said he was going to make it as loud and as boisterous as possible for Ronnie that, you know, if, if that's the case, they may start shipping them to stores on the 21st, but then you maybe couldn't pick it up until that weekend, the 26th or something like that. Mm. So when we say December 2nd for, you know, Panathor, that's probably a similar look where it will probably get everything out to everywhere in the world that week. And then we would expect you to be able to pick it up sometime that weekend. It usually takes a couple of days just to get it all over the world. Yeah, for sure. And that's also going to align pretty closely with Terrain Crate 2. Uh, that's going to be released at the same time for Mantic. Hmm. Correct. That's that's going to be starting um, in first quarter next year, basically, is when we're looking to get that start going out. Excellent. Mm. That'll be an interesting one to pick up as well, I reckon. But uh, in Australia, things tend to take a little bit longer to get to, so we're quite used to that. But thanks for keeping the lines of communication open about that because... Uh, 
God knows we've been burned many times before when everyone else gets to play the game for weeks before we get a hold of it, but it sounds like that's not going to be the case. We hope not. And that's the thing from you know my perspective is I've been a player for long enough and I've been one that has been sitting there waiting for that book to come and being annoyed by it. And if I ordered it through you know RGD Gaming, which is a big online retailer here in the US, I had to wait quite a while in order to get it to me. So I, I wanted to make sure that if, if we set an expectation that it's met, that's all. Makes sense to me. Okay, so we've heard a little bit about the models that are coming out, which is all very, very exciting. Um, so we're going to dive straight into the third edition rulebook now. So we've seen through your little sneak peeks on Mastercrafted that we're starting to see a lot of keywords. Um, so I was wondering if you can talk through some of the keywords that we've already seen. Uh, as well as some of the keywords that we will start to see in the next couple of weeks. Sure. So I'll preface it with this. There's an idea with third edition that we wanted to sort of future-proof it. And that way that the supplements, the Clash of Kings packs, whatever we end up calling them, if it's not that, um, that the things that we come out with can, can be instantly implemented with the book that gets released right now. Because something that's happened in the past is that the new books have sort of invalidated the use of the original book. You know what I mean? New people that came in two, three years down the road didn't need to pick up the original rule book because it was either free online or, you know, otherwise they, they could get most of the information from the Clash of Kings pack and then everything in the main book was just completely pointless. So we wanted to future-proof the main book so that it had a lot more value going for years to come as opposed to just a one year and then you got to buy a new book. Mm. Um, keywords and... Uh, the spellcasting tiers are two of the best examples from third edition that I can give you that would say how that's going to happen. So keywords have an instant impact on the game right now, uh, but not all keywords have an instant impact on the game, if that makes sense. So you'll see several keywords listed under each unit, um, or at least a lot of times there are several keywords. And the best way I can explain it is that those keywords are going to be used so that certain abilities or effects are going to apply to units that have that keyword. I saw one comment actually on my videos that said they were afraid that, you know, Kings of War would turn into like Synergy Hammer, where you had to, you know, put stuff together to be effective. And that's really not the case. It just kind of gives you some nice little bonuses by taking advantage of some of the keywords. In the Undead video, I showed off the zombies getting vicious with an aura from the necromancer when the empire dust video that just came out there's the oh i forget the name of the ability but the the pharaoh essentially can give mummies elite when he's around him so that's that's how it's going to work it's essentially just a way for things to go together if we come up with formations again in the the future it's going to be a way to say that you know take these units from with these keyword and then they all get this benefit Mm -hmm. does that make sense so this does that mean there's no formations? Well, there's not initially, but there there could be at some point. Right now, in third edition, formations that are coming out in the main rulebook. Right. Okay, that, fair enough. Now, I'm, I'm familiar with this kind of concept. I think uh, a lot of listeners will be with various other games they've played, like, um, for example, like uh, in the Magic card game that we all uh, probably know and love. You know, you have like your creature types where most of the time they don't mean anything, but then sometimes there'll be a, an effect which affects all beasts or zombies or soldiers or what have you and uh you know that just sort of makes that an interesting fun and sometimes thematic synergistic effect without necessarily being like what it's all about sounds like a good change or addition yeah you you know you mentioned berserker being 
something you were looking forward to in the Abyssal Dwarfs. Like mm. if there's a special rule that is going to apply to Berserkers, they're probably going to, uh, you know, put that on every type of unit that could get it. So uh, I know like with the Dwarves, that's that's something that is currently in play. So it, it same sort of thing. There are some keywords that I think are just thrown in just for future use. They don't have a single, you know, purpose right now. You'll see certain things like on the Orc Wardrum, it has the keyword Shrine, you know, and, and that could be just purely a nod to what it's supposed to be, you know, and in the future, if we wanted to tie something to it, we could say, you know, any rules changes that need to apply to units that have the keyword, then we know that keyword applies, you know, book wide. Mm -hmm. So if we wanted to update like the idol show or something like that, and it also has the keyword shrine, then we know, Hey, that's, that applies to everything. Right. Okay. And you've, you've sort of started to mention their spell casting tiers. So can you talk through that at all? Spellcasting tiers are just listed next to the unit right now, and they have no use currently in 3rd edition. So it's not anything that is in the book right now, but it's going to be a point of reference for anything that we decide to do in future supplements. So a lot of people were looking forward to, you know, faction-specific spells and things like that. Um, right now, everything is is still generic as it is in 2nd edition, so all the spells are, are available to everyone, essentially. One major change with spell options is that the spells that units can take are only available in their profile. So currently, you know, some of the legendaries or something like that, they could swap them out. But right now, if a unit doesn't have the spell listed in their profile, they can't take it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to have it all convenient there in one place. Yeah, that's definitely an exciting prospect in future to get some uh, unique spells for various racking armies or even other armies if if necessary. But um, I'm interested to hear as well, because I got excited for it in your um, Undead video, where you talk briefly about Duelist, because the vampires had Duelist, and I'm actually a bit keen on Undead at the minute. So I was, I was interested to know what that does. So Duelist is going to be very familiar to a lot of people. When attacking individuals, it doubles their number of attacks. Oh, awesome. Like the Blade does now, the, yep. um, the Blade of Misery or something along those lines. Mournful Blade. Right, but this is this is just a special rule now. Oh, okay. Cool. Yes, I like that. So you would think the assassins have that, surely? That'd be a good assumption. Yeah. No, that would make them okay. They've got to not have it then. No, that's a really cool rule. I do like that. It makes them a bit more like you know hardcore character. Well, duelist specialist is probably the right word for it. That's. Mm. Uh, Gives them that character killer role, which doesn't really exist much at the moment. Not many figures have have anything quite like that in second ed. Well, with the changes to those auras and things like that, characters are going to have a bigger support role. And you're probably going to want to take them out pretty effectively. Mm. So Mm. having a unit in your army that has the duelist special rule would probably be a pretty handy thing. Uh, 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 I like it. (laughs) So, hypothetically, what sort of armies would have the duelist rule? Any of your... The characters, essentially, that have lots of the combat capabilities. We saw it on Vampires. I'm I'm fairly certain off the top of my head that if you have any type of an assassin, you know, special character, they're going to have it. I, I feel like somewhere, and I'm stretching on this when I say this from memory, I feel like I saw a unit had it somewhere. Ooh, that's spicy. Again, don't, don't completely quote me on that, but that's, uh, I, I feel like from memory that was the case. Something like the, the Pharaoh um, does not have it, but the vampire did. You know, mm-hmm. Lady Alona does, but someone like Morgoth does not. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, you'll, you'll find it in the armies as a tool. 
I don't think it's going to be everywhere, but you know, with the way that you have to choose your heroes and which ones you actually bring to the table, are they going to be, is it going to be worthwhile to do it? You know, I'll tell you that if you look at like, what's, what's her name? The Malti Busu from Abyssals or Basuzu. I call him Susan. Bessie. <laughs> one of them has dualist and one of them does not, but you know, there, it just depends on how you would use them. And then I'll also say that one of them has mighty and then one of them does not. So mm. it's, it, yeah, it, there it's, they have different roles. So you got to kind of pay attention to what you want to accomplish. Hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like picking really going back to the fundamentals of list generation and saying, well, I need this character to be this role. Therefore they must have this rule. Right. Terrific. Cool. Taken specialist makes sense. And it does. look, Kyle, is, I don't know if it's out of line to ask you, but look, I'm here to ask I'm the hard-hitting journalist questions. I'm not <laughs> here to lick stamps. And so I, I need, to, need to let you know that right now, as my love for Kings of War is great and forever growing. However, I don't like the snake eyes rule, Kyle. <laughs> okay. I think a lot of people are probably in the same boat as you are. Yep. So is there any change to this rule in third edition? There is. So when you test mirror currently, if you if you roll either double sixes or double ones or something that happens, and, and that's still the case in third edition, mm-hmm. fearless units, you know, are kind of an exception to this as they have been in second. But on a on a double six right now, you still get the the we are doomed result. So if you roll that result and they still get a wavering result, so that's exactly the same as it is, unless they're fearless, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then for snake eyes, there's essentially two things in how that it works. So if you roll snake eyes on a nerf test, they still will be able to fight on with a steady result. So they're not wavered, but they are then what's called devastated now. So devastated is a new special rule because... Uh, it's it's not an instantaneous devastated. They have to if their if their damage is over their actual route limit, mm-hmm. then they become devastated. Okay, so devastated units half their attacks, their unit strength, and all their spell and stat values rounding down. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, so it's a big nerf for them. Interesting. It's it's still annoying that the unit's still there, but at least they're not going to punch back with full force like they used to. So devastated units are not are not also wavered. They're just halved in effectiveness. Correct. Interesting. Step in the right direction. <laughs> we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> the real judges, Spoon. Obviously, Spoon had a, a tough tournament about <laughs> uh, 10 months ago, I think, and he hasn't played a game of Kings of War since, all because of this snake eyes. Uh, so... We'll put it to him and we'll see see where he ends up. Yep, see where he lands. Yeah, so just just double ones, you know, if you're not if you wouldn't have gone over their route limit anyway, it's still you know, it's still womp womp womp. Yeah. But if they're damage you know, they're at max damage and then you roll snakes, then then that's when we really hate it anyway. That's that's when they have the devastating yeah. result applied to them. Yeah, because uh, if you roll double ones on a you know, nerve roll where you weren't necessarily gonna break them anyway, that's just a poor role, while it's when you do everything right and thump them into next week and then they still just sort of stubbornly stick around and then you get flanked. That's uh, that's when the, the pain is really felt severely. But I like that at least the unit is hamstrung somewhat, although I do I do wonder if you, you wouldn't just immediately shoot it off later on in the game and the damage is already done, but I guess it depends on the game. Hmm. And it does depend on the scenario and everything like that. Uh, I think you mentioned there that the unit strength gets reduced as well. Yes. Yeah, that's an interesting one. So imagine that turn six, turn seven. Is there a turn seven, Carl? Yes, that's that's still in there. Okay. Okay. 
that's another one. Tick off that list. All right. <laughs> what about the scenarios? I I have talked to you off air about the scenarios, and I know that you can't go into all the intricate details, but are you able to tell us at a high level more things like what sort? Are they more tokens? I know that there's bluff tokens now. Are you able to talk about any of that with us? Yeah. So the scenarios, I mean, a lot of them are still going to be familiar. I'd say at least half of them are ones that were already uh, routinely playing and it's it's totally okay. I think that a lot of people find that these scenarios are generally pretty balanced and that makes it nice. Um, but there are some new ones that introduce, like you said, the bluff counters. There are there are now ways that you know you're going to use more loot tokens. I don't know if you've noticed, but in in our uh, I forget the name of the kit already, but it's it's essentially the battlefield tokens and objectives things that we're releasing for third edition. There are ten loot tokens in there as well. So I'll hint to you that mm. there could be a, an instance where you would need all of those. There's also the bluff counters, which they're kind of cool. Um, essentially, what it is is it's a counter that has a number on one side and it's blank on the other, and when you go to place out your objectives that you control as a player, then you can essentially bluff what point values you're putting where, if that makes sense. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Bit of bait and switch in the deployment phase or the counter putting out phase, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. So there's going to be some that are marked with zero points. There's going to be some with one or two. So you know what you're going to have, but you're place them down on the, on the board. You know, you could put one that you are bluffing as a very critical point on the field and literally is zero VP. <laughs> that's sneaky. I like that. That is. Uh, like a bit of bluffing in there as well. And then you're kind of forced to cover all the different objectives with your army as well and spread out a bit because you don't know which one's going to be the red herring. Right. So lots of changes in scenarios. Do we do we have a similar number to before or uh, th- that are all drastically different? Or? Yeah, there are 12. Okay. So I did try and get out uh, what the phalanx rule. I know that you've talked about it a hell of a lot. <laughs> I. I'm still going to ask on air, <laughs> what is it? Are you able to talk to me about anything? Is it just amazing? I know that that's all you've mentioned previously. So I'll, I'll leave it for speculation. How about that? I'll give you a little bit and then leave it for speculation. Ooh. It, it still functions the same way that it does now, where if a unit is charged from, you know, in the front arc, they lose their Thunderous Charge special rule. Mm-hmm. That's the same. But there is a new paragraph that says, in addition, there are three types of units that are also affected by a negative modifier, an additional negative modifier, I'll say. So if you think about, you know, what giant spear tips would possibly do to impede certain types of units, you know, from charging them in the front, essentially. Interesting. Speculate away. Mm, Okay. So much gossip. So we've seen your most recent video on the Empire of Dust, which was, uh, you know, juicy indeed. Do you know what you're going to be doing next, what you're covering next in your gossip, uh, you know, videos? Yeah, I essentially have it planned out at this point. Um, I try to use the the voting from saying from the first couple of videos to get an idea of what was the most desired things. I mean, if it was up to me, I would have put out like Northern Alliance and Night Stalkers right away. But I'm trying to appeal to the community as much as possible. I've already filmed Orcs, which is coming out actually as of tomorrow. Today's the 11th of September, so it's going to come out tomorrow on, on Thursday. Jesse, I am waiting on. Uh, he just is is a good distance for me. He's a three-hour drive away, so it's not always something that he can come up and film. So it's it's going to be probably him standing in front of a brick wall at school just ranting about ogres, um, which <laughs> will be delightfully entertaining. I'm also going to let him break uh, the first new magic item 
in that video for a very special reason. So I'll leave that at that. Um, if he can get that to me this weekend, that would be great. And then I'll probably post that next Tuesday. So that would be ogres on the 17th of September, which for you guys, I think is probably a slightly different timeline, but Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. And then mm. after that, uh, it would be, I think I'm going into abyssals because there's been a lot that's already been teased with them. Like we literally showed, I think the f- full first page of their army section at one point, mm. but that big not final over top of it. So wanted to kind of get them out of the way. And then we'll probably go into dwarves, abyssal dwarves, elves, trident realm, nature, goblins, that kind of thing. I, I think I'll save Night Stalkers and Northern Alliance probably for for last, actually, just because they're the you know title armies in the two player starter set, and Northern Alliance is just they're a truck of ice. I'll put it that way. It's just <laughs> <laughs> a Mack truck of ice. Well, that sounds cool. And uh, will you be spoiling any of the races for the the following book? like between the books release or something like that if i do it'll be closer to the actual book release you know at the end of october so we're going to do the same thing with the armies in in panathor mm-hmm. probably in november leading up to the december release so same kind of thing where i go over them it'll be two maybe even three a week because it's a shorter time frame mm-hmm. to, to preview and tease those guys too mm-hmm. yeah you have to expect that the rules council will keep um you know their ratkin secrets close to the chest for the time being <laughs> I heard that there were 13 members of the rules council. Is that true? <laughs> uh, I don't I don't think that's the actual number, no. Oh, well. All right. So it sounds like you're going to keep uh, a lot of cards very close to your chest still, Kyle, which I, I do very much respect. And a big call out to all the people on the rule committee over this book and the next book as well. So that's a massive effort to those guys as well. Anything, any closing thoughts from you, Ben Smallhue? It's uh, not really. Um, it's, late. <laughs> it's nearly one o'clock in the morning here, and I'm sure we're keen to head to bed soon and think uh, happy dreams. I'm keen for third edition. That's what I am. Bloody earth, me too. I'm charged now. I'm full of rock star juice and ratkin dreams, and even undead dreams now that my vampires are back. They can flap around murdering fools. I'm going to be pretty keen on that too. So, yeah, it's exciting times to be alive in the mantic world. Mm. Yeah. So before I let you go, we've got a Clash of Kings 2020, so in January, uh, that's on our Australia Day weekend in Canberra, our our nation's capital. Will we see Ronnie Renton there? That's a good question. I'll see if we can't get him over. I, I know that we're trying to push it for those big events. Um, if you saw what's going on with the UK Clash of Kings, like they're they're throwing a party. They're giving away all kinds of free stuff and good stuff. So. I, I know that we're really trying to celebrate and make these events big. If you if you don't see him, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't send somebody. I've got a passport now, so maybe he'll send me. You never know. <laughs> uh, yeah, if we're lucky. I mean, it's a, it's our biggest event, uh, of course, and even outside of the Kings of War crowd itself, it's several thousand people at the convention. So it's probably a good opportunity to spruik some stuff while while we play some games. Yeah, to put that in perspective, for obviously, I think it's Martin that's the marketing uh, guru over that side. So, yes. yeah, we, we don't see anything mantic at CanCon, which, as uh, Hugh said, is thousands of people that are going in and out of the doors. We just don't see anything there at the moment. Um, I know that uh, they are going to be putting on a couple of little demonstrations this year, so that's pretty exciting as well. But... Closing statements there. Clash of Kings 2020. Get to Cancong. It's Australia Day weekend. I think the tickets even open in October. We want to get in those sales nice and quickly because if we don't, all the 
the space will sell out very rapidly. Indeed, and uh, not long after third edition's release in start of December or end of October is um, the Australian Masters as well. So you can look forward to hearing if any of us noobs make it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I think at, at, as it stands right now, Hugh, you and I may be attending. Ooh, maybe we can dodge each other for the whole event, Again, as usual. I'm, I'm, is that even possible in the Masters? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll probably finish it up there. Thank you very much, Kyle, um, irrespective of us pronouncing your name incorrectly. <laughs> uh, appreciate you jumping in uh, on your, what is it, Thursday morning? Wednesday morning? Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning. There we go. So, appreciate you coming on, mate, uh, and drip feeding us all this information as well. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it, Carl. Letters. And thank you to the listeners for hanging about. We will see you soon. See you, guys. Yeah, direct misfire blowing up the game. Talking many war games is our aim. Rule books to advice, we cover it all. With the best tactics, we never fall. Bend some spoon and sell liquor in the mix. Math hammer doesn't work, it's a trick. Follow along, stay up to date. Comment, like, subscribe today. Come check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Direct Misfire. If you want to shoot us an email, directmisfire at gmail.com. So the the new armies in Panathor are actually going to be the the uh, there's also going to be something with and then all we'll have left is the that are going to be done with that it's really not that big of a deal.